morning, Dad. Hey, going for a run? Yeah, you should join me like you used to. Not with my old knees and back. Mm -mm. Try Xanthacin. It could really help. Plus, it's super safe, Dad, and it's good for your heart and brain. Xanthacin fights aging with astaxanthin, nature's most powerful antioxidant. And with three times the absorption and superior purity, it's the brand physicians trust. Find it at GetXantho.com and these retailers. Keep doing what you love with Xanthacin. How's it going, everybody? It is episode 45 here on Hawaii Football Now, presented by Xanthus and Jordan Headley, Hunter Hughes, back with you on our first episode of July, basically. We record this Tuesday morning, about 7.22 Hawaii time, 10.22 of Vegas time, as I am up on the continent, Hunter is back home, but uh, modern technology, we can do this thing basically from anywhere. Big shout out to our other sponsors, Spectrum Mobile and Hawaii USA Federal Credit Union as well. Set to release this on July 7th, Thursday. Um, and with the way things are moving right now, you think back to last Thursday and the tectonic massive news that came about with UCLA and USC. I thought it was probably a fake tweet when I saw it Thursday morning, um, but there is a lot to talk about here in today's episode. We go guestless in large part because the impact all the way down to programs like Hawaii could be monumental. Uh, so we'll get to that in just a second. Uh, it's been round the clock news. I've been checking Twitter all the time. It's like, what's going to happen? And so you need a little bit of extra energy, don't you, Hunter? You need a little bit of something, a little bit of something from our good friends over at Xanthuson. Oh, yeah, big time. You need something to get you going. And I don't know, Jordan, have you heard about this amazing supplement called Asaxanthin? Doctors and pharmacists recommend it from everything from joint and muscle function to cholesterol, health and cognitive function, even anti-aging. But did you know that only one brand delivers three times more Asaxanthin to your body, making it a better buy than the competition? Introducing Xanthacin, available at GetXantho.com, Newtown Square Pharmacy, Down to Earth Kaka'ako, GNC Stores, and Pharmacare Hawaii. Learn more at getxantho.com. And man, I, you're, you're right, man. I need to pop a couple of pills of, of Xanthacin after, uh, after what, what's gone down, man. It's just chaos right now. Absolute chaos. A uh, little quick opening drive. I'm in Vegas. I wasn't here in time for the fights. I got in on Sunday, mm. so didn't get to kind of catch the crowd, at least kind of the ring crowd that stayed for the long weekend, uh, but missed out on, um, you know, obviously it was a little bit of a rough goal for for Brad Tavares and, of course, Max Holloway on the, the UFC card. But, you know, the, you do hear a little bit of the buzz of the conference realignment in college football. It's interesting because Vegas is such a transient town. It's obviously grown into quite the sports city with the Raiders moving here, with the rise of the Golden Knights, obviously. And, and you know, shout out to them. Had to get my hat uh, when in yeah. Rome. You know, the Aviators, their AAA team is outdrawing their major league affiliate in the A's. There are, you know, rumors of the A's maybe moving here. And then, of course, UNLV, right, which has always been a strong basketball showing um, from the running Rebels. Football has always been a little bit lagging behind, right? But now with everything shifting around, you hear the murmurings, right? It's like, hey, we're Vegas. We're growing. We're a huge sports market now. Are they appealing enough to, to get the call up, if you will, into the big leagues with everything shuffling around? And of course, I got to imagine a lot of those similar conversations going on back home. You see it on Twitter. You've seen it for years, right? Hawaii, where do they end up? What's their ultimate home? The pipe dreams of the Pac-12 and all kinds of things like that. But that's what we kind of want to get into in depth here today. Um, but just kind of starting at the top as we dive into our game time here again, as we mentioned, I mean, like tectonic shifts in college football, you've got the Los Angeles schools, UCLA and USC, storied programs in a number of sports. Obviously, all of this is football driven. Yeah. There's there's no question about it, right? It, it, it killed the Big East when, uh, you know, a few years back, it has created situations where Rutgers is in the Big Ten and, uh, you know, some of these other schools that, that don't really make a whole lot of sense of now UCF going to the Big 12. And now this is this is the one that I think is sort of the huge detonation, right? Yeah. Everything can sort of sort of still 
under the veil of regionality when it came to things, right? Even Texas A&M going to the SEC, that was still a border state to the SEC footprint. Missouri as well. Uh, West Virginia kind of finding its way into the Big 12. Nebraska, Rutgers, Maryland over the time getting into the Big 10. Eh, a little bit of a stretch. You know, the ACC obviously spanning from Pittsburgh to Syracuse to Tallahassee and Miami. It's kind of far flung, but eh, okay, it's, it's sort of regional there. Yeah. The one conference that had sort of, I think, made the most sense still from a geographic standpoint was the Pac-12. Yeah. I thought that was the one, right? I know they added the mountain schools in Utah and Colorado, but it really sort of seemed to be the one conference that was, you know, that made a lot of sense. But they were also the conference that was lagging behind the other power four in terms of revenue, in terms of TV deals and all of that. And so now this is all money, money driven. And we know that. And quite honestly, as a, as a fan of college football, this sucks. Like yeah. UCLA and USC are opting to go play their nearest conference opponent in Lincoln, Nebraska. Like that just, it doesn't make any sense. It makes all the sense when you look at it from a business standpoint, but just kind of curious, Hunter, some of your initial reactions when you saw this news last week, Thursday. Yeah. Other than, uh, you know, earlier this year, the, the news coming out about Oklahoma and Texas jumping into the sec mm -hmm. and essentially some would argue this point kind of making the big 12 obsolete um, this is by far the biggest conference news jumpers, you know, um, uh, from that standpoint. And I immediately think to, uh, cause my family all lives in Oklahoma Two of my siblings went to OU. If Lincoln Riley knew that this was in the plans, whenever he jumped from OU to USC, um, because literally not six months into his uh, regime as head coach at USC is this move now taking place um yeah it's it's interesting man because now when you think about it okay what is the Pac-12 um outside of Oregon and maybe a, a few other I would say sub-tier teams it's kind of a weaker power five conference now um not even kind of it really is because when I would think of the Pac-12 immediately I would think of USC, their dominance in the early 2000s. And then those years with Mariota at Oregon. And outside of that, you know, I'm just speaking from my upbringing in the Midwest and what the Pac-12 meant to me growing up. Now I live in Hawaii. It's much different um, global worldview, I guess, uh, with their significance out here. But uh, it's, it's going to change the landscape of college football as we know it. I mean, who knows? Who's going to jump in? Who's jumping out? What, what's going to happen from here? Yeah, and it's, it's really truly the first national conference, right? When you look yeah. at it, you go from the shores of Maryland and from Piscataway yeah. all the way to Los Angeles. And, mm. you know, it, it's this gigantic, massive footprint, right? And we have seen other leagues attempt to to kind of do this right but never a power conference where it's it's literally spanning you know all three time zones on the continent well all four time zones i should say on the continent where it's literally spanning geography wise 3500 miles right and so the big east thought about it right they were going to add boise they were going to add san diego state yeah never actually happened uh they figured a way out of there and, and the mountain west kind of solidified and, and absorbed some of those whack schools including Hawaii. you think back to the old whack when it was a 16 team behemoth that only lasted i think like what four years in the 90s right great conference by the way yeah <laughs> great so conference fun. uh especially in basketball man that was a good conference but i mean you know everywhere from hawaii all the way to the the central time zone basically and, and again that that was too big it was too big it didn't make sense they, they had to get creative they had to get unique scheduling wise in terms of creating quadrants and, and scheduling and travel and all of that. And, uh, you know, for, for eight of those schools, they said the heck with it, we're going to create our own conference and thus the mountain West, you yeah. know, in, in 99 or whatever it was. And, and Hawaii was on the outside looking in there with the whack kind of, you know, with their pants down. And so it, it, it it's all about the money. It's so funny because we're, we're heading toward two, maybe three, super duper conferences like the yeah. big 10 
the SEC and whoever can survive along with them. Yeah. And all the indications over the last few years have been right. The, the, the power five just continues to widen the gulf between the, the group of five, the haves, the haves, nots. Yeah. As June Jones would put it. And this just expedites that timeline. You're looking at, I think a, a group of schools, whether it's right. The big 10 is going to get to what here about uh, 15, 16, the SECs at a similar number. They can both get to 20 easily, maybe 24. You're looking at 40, 48 schools that probably will break away from the NCAA. If I had to put money on it, they're going to say, forget it. We're going to create our own rules. All of a sudden, there aren't scholarship limits that you're beholden to that is set by the NCAA. You can scoop up maybe perhaps more prospects. Maybe it's 100 instead of 85 when it comes to scholarship limits. They'll figure out a way, right? And, and again, if they're autonomous, they're not playing under not that they've already, not that they've really been playing under the same rules as say a Hawaii or a Boise State or a or an East Carolina or something like that. It, they'll, they'll really they'll, they'll be the ones making the rules, you know. And and so I don't I don't love it at all. I think it's terrible for. I think it makes you know for a fan, right? If you're a UCLA, a USC fan, if your closest conference game is Lincoln, Nebraska, that's it's not as exciting as going up to the Bay Area once a year to go play either Cal or Stanford or going up to Seattle or, or Eugene or something like that to some familiar faces. And it, look, it'll create new travel opportunities, whatever. That's that's fine and dandy. But again, this is we're just talking about football. Uh, yeah. I've kind of tabled the conversation here on what this means for, you know, the women's track team or the exactly. baseball team or something like that. Like it's Water it's, polo. it's insane. Yeah. And so we're this this is just another domino i think that 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 sends us toward there how do the other conferences sort of scrap and hold on does the pac 12 exist you know come 2024 when this move is is scheduled to take place obviously usc and ucla are scheduled to be there for the 2022 season the 2023 season this has ramifications ucla is on hawaii's schedule three more times over the next you know eight years i think it is for the football program do those games happen i don't know we'll get down to that here in a second but you know, it's basically heading towards semi-professional totally. athletics, you know, totally. and, and, and I'm, I'm not against the NIL stuff. It's, it's so funny what people get so worked up about these athletes getting paid a little bit. And look, the schools, the schools are making money hand over fist. And we've got yeah. two Los Angeles schools going to the Big Ten here and, and, you know, basically signing up willingly for Hawaii's travel schedule. You yes. know, when they didn't need to. Um, but it's, that's, that's all it is. And so if these kids are making a little bit of money, I'm all for it, but I think too, we're heading towards two regional conferences, whether it's the North and the South. And then we got rid of divisions this year because it's going to help you get into the playoff and things like that. They're still going to have to create divisions or pseudo divisions to handle scheduling. Right. And so you're going to have a big 10 that's got 24 teams. You're going to make four, six team little quadrants. You're going to find a ways to make schedules. You're just back to divisions. And then the SEC is going to have to do the same thing. And you know what that is? It's just the NFL. Yeah. That's all it is, right? It's a little slightly bigger version of the NFL. And all these schools are just going to play each other. They're going to make oodles of money. People are going to be jaded, but they're still going to tune in. I'm still going to tune in. I'm, I'm jaded, but I'm still going to watch the television contracts. And that's all that matters now are these television deals. It doesn't necessarily matter about TV markets or anything like that. It is all about the, you know, Fox is driving the Big Ten, ESPN is driving the SEC, and, and they're they're brokering these deals as much as anybody involved. And the, the schools are going to make tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars from these next TV contracts that are coming up in the next handful of years. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to be left with with a, a organization, a, uh, some sort of confederation of eh, roughly 40, 50 teams that uh, could care less about Hawaii and Boise and some of these others. And maybe some of those schools can, can fight and claw their way in, right? Like a Houston, like Cincinnati, some of these schools that have done it, but Hawaii's not in that tier. I mean, just frankly. And so just to me, any way you look at it, the fact that it's 100% greed and money driven, it sucks. I think this is terrible for college football. And again, it's just, we're just talking about football. I can get into some of the other stuff here, but it's just every way you look at it, it's, it's uh, you know, to borrow the the kind of the local term, right? It's just Uji. Like it just it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel right. This is terrible to me. 
Yeah, it's it's definitely interesting. So I, I grew up in Chicago, Jordan, mm-hmm. where Big Ten was king. And for the, the most part, the Big Ten is a Midwest conference. The majority of the schools line up kind of right there in Illinois, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa, Indiana. Obviously, Indiana's on Eastern, and, and Michigan is right above there too, Ohio, but kind of centrally located right there around mm-hmm. the Great Lakes. And now you've, yeah, you hit it perfect. I mean, you've got a continental shift now where they are the, the full span of our country. Very, very unique. Um, I, I, as much as, yes, this is shaking up what the future of college sports looks like, um, I do want to play a little bit of devil's advocate where you still have the opportunity for a school like Hawaii. If we strike gold and it, you know, that's the beauty of just lacing it up is this is a possibility and we run the table, we go 13 and 0, and these super conferences eat each other. And you've got a bunch of, you know, 11 and one, uh, 10 and two teams out there. Um, there is still a possibility of getting an invitation to the big dance, just like what we saw with Cincinnati this last year. Um, because some would say, yes, strength of schedule is not there, but the wins and losses is king when when looking at bids to the college football playoff. So I'm even thinking of implications for the Pac-12 now. Schools like Oregon, um, Washington, Washington State, Arizona, all those guys, they still have an opportunity. If they ball out, they, they could be in the college football playoff, no, no doubt about it, especially with being a Power 5 school. Um, yeah, it's it's not the end, but it looks like wow. The uh, we're, I'm gonna have to go back to school again just, just to figure out what all of this means in terms of um, what, what what that means for for college football and uh, and yeah, just just the future of the sport as we know it. Uh, I'm I'm glad for the sake of the players out there that they are getting representation for the first time. Uh, for those listening at home, college college uh, football players especially usually go through about a 80 to 90 hour work week in terms of what is um, mandatory um, work hours and uh, the old model of doing scholarships and taking care of your room and your board and stuff like that absolutely needed to change and here we are in the new era of name image and likeness but with schools now kind of adopting this well if we're not getting uh, the, the the fair shake that we we want to we're just going to jump ship what we're seeing with college athletes schools are literally doing that right now we're not getting the the fair shake in the pack 12 <laughs> let's try our luck at the big 10 that's essentially what's happening right here jordan yeah it, it, yes exactly right and people get bent out of shape about the transfer portal and player empowerment and player movement i i agree with you Look, the, 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 the coaches and the schools and everybody in positions of power that are making tens of millions of dollars, um, they've been doing this for a while now and continue to do it, right? And, and that's the other thing. Everybody will, the, the statements put out, right, by USC leadership, UCLA, UCLA leadership, they always quote, and they, the same, same thing last week, you know, we, we are always going to put our school and our student athletes in the best position possible for for their success, for their collegiate experience and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, it's not about that, right? Yeah. It's a bunch of hogwash. Yeah. You, you know, it, you're trying it, to get paid, bro. Just say it. It's, it's a bunch of hogwash. Look, and, and you, they can get high and mighty about their U.S. World Re- News and World Report ranking when it comes to university rankings. You can talk about the Big Ten and its academic prestige, right? Those were kind of the two conferences, the Big Ten and the Pac-12, yeah. that still kind of held on to that, right? And, and where their schools rank. And, and we, we, we care about those type of things, right, from the university presidents on down. If you're looking for the best possible situation for your student athletes, you're not making your school in Los Angeles go play conference games 1,400 miles away in the snow. Yeah. And again, for football, all right, look, they're, playing, they're flying chartered flights, right? They're, they, they live in the good life. Men's basketball to an extent as well. But as you point out in the snow, look, the women's basketball program, 
the, the, the women's volleyball programs, the, look, they get the one road game at, U, at USC or at UCLA. But other than that, you got to get on a multi-hour flight. That's right. And, they, and they're talking about getting creative, right? Getting creative with scheduling to help out with the student athletes. So what does that mean? You're going to be gone for three weeks touring the Midwest because you, you neutral, neutral sites. Are they yeah, neutral what, what, what does that mean? It, it, pff, you, they're going to be missing infinitely more school, more class time. And look, yeah. Okay. Well, you can do everything via zoom now and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. That's great. It's not ideal. It's not like sitting in class. It's not, not like sitting in a lecture hall, talking to your professor, or whatever we've been through it. Like, yeah, you can get it done. Is it uh, the fullest academic experience you can offer these student athletes? Heck no. Not even close. If yeah, the, on, the, on the road campus walkthrough yeah. doesn't hold as much merit now, because when am I ever on campus? When are you I'm ever on, on campus? The road half the year. You're going to be on the road. Exactly. You are a minor league baseball player riding the bus Big right? for, for months at a time. And especially like you point out, you know, some of the like basketball in particular. It's in the heart of winter. Yes. You're traveling to Madison and State College, Pennsylvania. And again, they're not going to play all of these schools every single year. We get it. But again, you got to get creative with all the scheduling. And then it's just going to be silly. You're going to get gimmicky in how you do it. That's the only way to make this work. And so it's just it's just a nightmare. The Pac-12, you know, I think the Larry Scott era was a nightmare. And, and they set themselves up for kind of this, this lack of success. You talk about the playoff. It's kind of interesting. You know, there was opportunities for automatic bids that came up in recent years, right? The Pac-12 always voted against it. Boy, would they love to have an automatic bid now uh, in the future playoffs, right? Uh, I think it was ESPN approached them about some sort of merger with the Big 12. They scoffed at that. Now they may be desperately asking the Big 12 to figure something out to keep those two conferences alive. Uh, but the other interesting aspect with all this, and I thought it was um, prudent for you to bring it up, Hunter, the college football playoff, and I, I, I didn't, I wasn't really aware of this until you know, kind of reading up in the last week and, yeah. and, and listening to some some other podcasts and, and some talking heads. Um, I had forgotten the college football playoff contract expires after twenty twenty five. So these schools are moving in twenty twenty four, right? Oklahoma. We get an eight an eighteen playoff, Jordan. Well, Oklahoma, right? They're they're moving, and so that maybe. Maybe, right? The, an optimistic look is an 18 playoff or a 12 team playoff. No, no automatic bids. It's 90% populated by Big Ten SEC teams, but maybe there's an avenue in there for somebody else, right? That yeah, yeah. Swoop in, whether it's Clemson or whether it's, you know, Oregon or whether it is indeed somebody like a Cincinnati. But the other thing here, if the SEC leadership, the Big Ten leadership, whoever they can scoop up over the next couple of years yeah. get together. Why wouldn't they just create their own playoff? Right. And tell everybody else, figure out your own deal. Right. Big it's not run by the SEC. NCAA. Yeah. It'll be the big 10 versus sec, you know, super bowl, right. It's, it's the AFL versus the NFL back in the day. And everybody so else, is everybody else gets playoff already is right. Is yeah, in a sense, State right. against Bama. Right. And, and if, and if the SEC and the big 10 are like, look, nobody else come can hold a candle to us. We've got nine of the best 12 teams in the country. We'll just make our own play. We'll keep all the money. Nobody else. We don't have to share the money with any of the other conferences. We don't have to share it with the other schools that get new year's six automatic bids. We don't have to share it with the Cincinnati who crashes the party and the AAC, the American and, and give that conference some money. Why wouldn't we just, why wouldn't we just make our own little deal? We'll take four of our teams, our top four teams from the, from the big 10, our top four teams from the sec, maybe play a little quarterfinal round or something, then get the two semifinals together someplace. And, and then we'll, we'll rotate it between Indianapolis, Tampa, you know, Atlanta and, and um, Chicago every year or something like that. And they'll create saw, their own. We saw it with UCF. Uh, you don't like what happened. You can just get your governor to say, yeah, you won the national championship. So, right. And so what's to stop them from doing that and ice and everybody else out. Uh, more money that's the best way to maximize they'll get the tv dollars they'll they'll, they'll figure something out and so that's that's the scary uh, part to me yeah. right because that's maybe i'm just way too pessimistic here um and so how that all works out i don't know i really don't know um you know and again i, I think back to, to to some of these other sports and and how this how football is the king to everything it drives everything financially 
we know that. But it, it really has been the worst thing for college athletics as a whole. Because again, it has forced conferences into a illogical geographic layout, right? Where most of these schools, right? You, as you point out, the Midwest, that was, that was the beauty of the Big Ten. Yeah. You could go from Iowa City to Chicago to Madison to Minneapolis and as far away as, you know, Indiana, Ohio. And yeah, they added Penn State, right, in, in yeah. the last few decades and, and State College, Pennsylvania, which wasn't too bad. But for the most part, you and can drive. You Dame. can drive. Dame would play those schools. Right, in Notre Dame, right, in that footprint. And who knows what happens to them, right, where their home is. If I was them, I'd kind of get off the whole independence high horse and, and just jump in with the Big Ten. And it, it makes the fire. It, it doesn't make sense for them to do anything else to me. Um, Pac-12, same thing, or Pac-10 for all those years, right? It was a West Coast conference. Basically, every major market on the West Coast made a lot of sense. Easy to get to, a lot of similarities, a lot of commonalities. The SEC, to an extent, same way, right? Whether it was the Big 8 and the Big 12, whether it was the SEC, the Southwest Conference, all these things. Those made sense beyond football, mm -hmm. right? The Big East, the Northeast Conference that was, you know, mainly basketball-oriented in, in yeah. Madison Square Garden for their Big East tournament. Oh, fun. oh man, my favorite event every single year. Yeah. And why did it go away? Football. They got the school, the, the conference got a little, got a little excited, started adding football playing schools. All of a sudden you got to, you got to get in the, get in the mix there. You know, football caused all of these conference realignments and whatever iteration you want to look at going back to Miami and Virginia tech, jumping over to the ACC early two yeah. thousands. And next thing you know, the conference is bigger. The footprint is bigger. All of a sudden the road trips are longer. And again, for football, eh, peanuts, right? You got yeah. six road trips a year. But for any of the non-rev sports, any, you know, even, even some of the higher profile men's, women's basketball, women's volleyball, something like that, even that, they're not easy road trips. And so it's just, you know, I love football and, and college football still, it's a Saturday night, it's a big game, I'm tuning in, but it is really over the last, I don't know, 30 years, just kind of led us down this this path of more and more money but uh i think from a fan standpoint just just less and less from a fulfilling standpoint yeah man it's uh it, it's it's kind of sad uh, it, it's hard to get excited about all of this uh because you you can't help but start to play the hypothetical okay what what else is going to happen now after this i mean with the departure of USC and UCLA, you got to think the, um, the Pac-12 is going to be looking to fill those voids with some other schools. And with regards to location and, um, and prowess, if you will, like my, my first two bids right off the bat are Boise and San, San Diego State to jump over to the Pac-12 um, just in terms of market value and their success on the field, which has immediate implications to us in the Mountain West. So um, I don't know, Jordan, do you think that could be a realistic possibility with, with the departure of these two schools? It's on the table. I think it's definitely on the table. You know, I think, you know, it, it depends too, right? Who else gets swooped up? Does, mm. does Oregon and Washington eventually make their way over to the Big Ten? Like has been rumored, that door seems to be closed for now. That doesn't mean anything, right? I, I think they are angling as much as anybody within that conference to fi find a, a solid hold, right? Especially Oregon with the Nike background, with Phil Knight's influence. He, he's not going to want to play in a minor league. That's, that's for sure. But the next closest home now all of a sudden is either – the SEC or the Big Ten doesn't make any sense, but that's that's kind of where we're at, right? And so, can the Big Ten and the Pac or the Big Twelve, the Pac Twelve, work something out, right? I think that's probably the ideal case for a lot for both of those conferences, right? Some sort of merging, some sort of melding of those two conferences, or does the Big Twelve kind of you know kick the Pac Twelve while it's down? Say the heck with that. We're going to take Utah, Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State, and leave you with you're six schools and you figure it out up in the Northwest, right? We're, we're fine here. We're, we're going to be a lot more stable with those four schools that could happen, right? They could get cannibalized 
in that sense. Yeah. Other than uh, a mutual sort of agreement to merge, you know, for the Pac-12, it, it's it's been rumored they're looking at expansion candidates. And if really outside of the Big 12, that only means, I think, two things that I've kind of read about, right? Which is Mountain West schools. Yeah. There ain't nobody else on the West Coast. That's right. Mountain West schools or some sort of old Big East model where you welcome in non-football playing schools and supplement with some football playing schools on the other end, right? Gonzaga, St. Mary's, some of those West Coast Conference schools have been rumored as well, uh, at least as a area of discussion, an area of exploration. thought that was kind of interesting, right? You welcome those schools in. Maybe it's a football-only invite for Boise State or for San Diego State or something like that, right? Kind of what we saw in the old Big East. And I will be quick to point out, it didn't really work for a long period of time in the Big East. That kind of crumbled right away. But as of now, the Pac-12 is absolutely desperate in trying to figure out what they're going to do going forward. And and so naturally, that leads to the conversation, right? And maybe we can broach on this here. We're kind of due for the halftime break. But for Hawaii, where does Hawaii fit in all this? And I get it. We've talked a lot about at length about college football at large, about the Pac-12, the Big Ten, kind of broader, um, while not necessarily getting to UH here. But what does that mean, right? I mean, you saw the tweets. People have been talking about this even before all of the, the crazy shifts, but like Hawaii to the Pac-12. Could it happen? Could it ever happen? Yeah, yeah. Probably not, <laughs> right? I'm not going to say never because that's what it is, but, you know, it, it, there's a huge impact on future schedules. As we mentioned with UCLA, there's other Pac-12 teams that are scheduled to play Hawaii in coming years. And where does Hawaii fit in the landscape? What do the conferences look like? Do any of these future non-conference opponents or games come to fruition? Because so much could change. Look, a lot of these contracts are contracts. You can buy your way out, especially for these big schools. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's not the hardest thing to do. It's, it's happened in recent years for Hawaii. Um, and so that, <clears throat> that's going to be the big question. So I, I'll tell you what, we'll take a quick break, and then we'll get into the second half here, Hunter. We've already gone, I think, like half an hour or so. Uh, we could go for about four hours here today, I think. Um, but, but before we get there, uh, do want to kind of remind everybody that, uh, you know, some other topics we'll get to, uh, some of the recruiting news, uh, a, a flip of a commitment from a, what we thought was a Hawaii-bound player, mm-hmm. uh, number five offensive or number one offensive tackle. Mongo also made his commitment just yesterday as we record this on Tuesday. He made the commitment on Monday. Hawaii was in his top six. Uh, so we'll get to that here in just a second. But before we hit the halftime break as Hawaii's largest federal credit union, Hawaii USA Federal Credit Union is committed to serving individuals and businesses through its 14 branch locations, statewide and convenient digital banking services. As a leader in providing support for the islands, Hawaii USA is committed to strengthening Hawaii's financial wellness and sharing successes with members, local businesses, and the greater community. Originally opened in 1936 as a credit union for educators, Hawaii USA has inspired a culture of giving that is rooted in education and has since expanded to other areas of community need that impact financial health. That includes healthcare, housing, and hunger. To learn more, please visit HawaiiUSAFCU.com. All right, second half coming up. This is Hawaii Football Now from ESPN Honolulu. All right, second half time here on episode 45. Jordan Hunter back with you. Obviously, the big topic of conversation, conference realignment, USC, UCLA to the Big Ten, where that leaves everybody, and now specifically, where does that leave Hawaii, right? The Mountain West could get raided, right? Maybe the Big 12 goes after some. Maybe the Pac-12 goes after a few others. Is Hawaii in consideration for any of that? Hard to imagine at this point. The stadium situation does not help, obviously, there are some who are eternally optimistic that say, hey, look, gateway to Asia, decent-sized market in Honolulu, direct flights to basically every major West Coast city and even beyond, right, with the, uh, with the reach that you can get to Chicago, you can get to Newark, you can get to Orlando, Austin, Texas, Dallas, Houston, you know, direct from Honolulu. So there are pathways there. Hawaii looks you know those hey they're going to build a new stadium in halaba maybe (laughs) there are there are signs to point to like hey this is a program that could be on par at least with some of the other resumes put forth by mountain west brethren to get into some of these bigger conferences 
the pessimistic side, I think, yeah. maybe the more realistic side. The stadium situation is not getting resolved anytime soon. That's a hard, that's a real hard sell. You know, if you're playing in a, a 12,000 seat or whatever, we're going to get it up to this year, you know, in, in future years, even if they expand etching, even if they build something permanent there in Ching, that's years off. If they figure out a, a scenario in Halaba to build the new Aloha Stadium with that whole new, you know, new Aloha Stadium entertainment district, that's years off, right? And as we've learned, years can mean 18 different shifts at this point. You know, by, by 2030, whenever they get any of this figured out, we might be playing in the spring because that's the only time that, uh, you know, like, like June has been sort of profiting for years the group of five should just break off, go play in the spring, create their own television deal and, and say, forget it and create their own division basically and, and leave the big boys to have their own fun in the fall. Yeah. Look, it, it, there are only so many seats at the table. How many seats there are? I don't know what that landscape looks like. You know, as, as you point out, maybe even staying in the Mountain West, solidifying that leads a pathway to, to the New Year's Six or to the playoff as these other programs cannibalize each other in bigger conferences now. Because look for USC, UCLA, for, for uh, an Ohio State, that's the other interesting thing, right? It's Look, the, the path to an undefeated season is, is ridiculously hard now in these yeah. conferences. And so for Hawaii, maybe there's an opportunity to kind of, you know, draft a little bit and, and sneak in there or something. Yeah. Um, I think no matter which way you look at it, it it's deeply concerning for Hawaii. And look, opportunities change, maybe present now different ways to look at things, maybe present opportunities, do, new doors open, Hawaii can figure out a way, you know, getting into the Mountain West and the Big West about what now, a decade ago, mm -hmm. I thought was a pretty good landing spot, all things considered, with the way the WAC was crumbling to find a home for all of its athletic programs. Uh, I think the Big West has been a good home for the non-football playing programs. Obviously, the Mountain West. The travel subsidies that came with those moves aren't ideal. But look, there weren't a whole lot of other options at the time. And yeah. I think for Hawaii, all things considered, pretty good landing spot. I gave them, you know, the, the administration credit there. It's going to take something similar again here. And, and I just don't know where that home is. It makes me really nervous as a Hawaii football fan. I wish I could say that, look, there, there, there's a clear-cut answer. There's a logical next landing spot for Hawaii. I just, I just don't know what that is. I, I can't really tell you. And that makes me very uneasy, very yeah. uneasy for a program that has been building momentum. We've talked about that at length here on this podcast. Uh, but right now the future is murky uh, and it's scary. Yeah. No, to, to say the least, I think it's very unique timing for uh, university of Hawaii and the state of Hawaii. Um, where, I mean, it's, it's no secret. Everyone that lives in Hawaii jokes that it takes us 10 years to build anything out here. Even the Manoa Public Library in my backyard, Jordan, okay? Um, I moved out here in 2010. That thing was first finished, I think, in like 2019 or something like that, like officially opened in like 2019, okay? Um, and it's highlighting, the reason I'm bringing this up is, our inability to play ball infrastructure wise, making movement, you know, shaking things up um, and making things happen in, in the city really shows that in some ways we can't compete at the national level with, you know, we need a new stadium. Boom. It's fixed. Like on the mainland, like it happens fast at these new schools. Um, Oh, uh, $20 million. Boom. Signed. Where, where's the pen? Like it, it's not that simple over here in Hawaii. And we kind of have to, that's just the nature of, of doing life out here. You kind of have to roll with the punches and get creative with how you do things. Uh, we don't have as much land. We don't have as much resources, blah, 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 blah. Well, now when we're talking about college athletics and things of that nature where other schools seem to be moving and our it seems like we're having trouble just getting back on our feet with everything that's happened the last couple of years you're exactly right I mean concerning is 
the easiest way of putting it. I mean, it could be very concerning if we don't get the stadium figured out. Mountain West starts changing things up. I mean, uh, we, we've done really well, Jordan, these last you know three to four months in showing how much progress and how much light is at the end of the tunnel for Hawaii athletics. But if we don't get some of these big time infrastructure things figured out right now and with what could potentially happen in the Mountain West, it could get dismal fast again for Hawaii. But I'd rather keep a glass half full if, if you're on the same page with me. Yeah, no, no I, that's the, I think that's the better way to kind of approach things, you know, try to keep the, the faith, try to keep some of the, the optimism. You know, it's kind of, we got to be good cop. I'll, I'll always be good cop. Okay. Yeah. If you need to be bad cop, that's fine. No, and, and I'd much rather be optimistic about this. Right. And, and we got a, a few different comments, both on Facebook and, and YouTube. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, Nolan was asking about the stadium situation, right. What, what asked our thoughts on, you know, just go back to old stadium park or, or somewhere you near UH West Oahu out on the other side, right. That that's been something that's been brought up in the past. Or, uh, you know, just, just trying to keep the bones of, of Aloha Stadium and renovating and what are just figure something out. Um, and I wish, I wish we had a better answer for, for listeners like Nolan, right? It's like any of those, whatever the best option is, and I don't know, right? You can look at it from a, an accessibility standpoint, revenue, how easy is it for people to get in and out of these games, whether it's on campus, whether it's in Halava, whether it's you know, out near UH West Oahu, how that all works. I don't know, but yeah. any of those options are years off. That's the That's thing, right. right? No matter which, which option you choose or which option you think is the best, even if it's just expanding chain, it's still years away from it being 30, 35,000 seats built out game day atmosphere um, that could, that could, you know, be on par at least with, you know, 35,000 seat Washington state or something like that. Right. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and we, we had Lewis on, on um, YouTube asking some similar comments, right. About the, the conference moves. Our, our guy from Al from VA was, you know, on, on our YouTube, right. He's, he's, uh, he's calling on the senators that had the, the, the special session to, to grill UH leadership when Todd Graham's coaching tenure was under fire and, and, um, you know, I don't, I don't think I'd necessarily disagree with, with Al, right? It's like, hey, there was a lot of interest and a lot of opinionating about the program back then when it came to some of those Senate committees. And, it, you know, it, some things came about it. But, but now that Hawaii is in a very tenuous situation, you'd see some of these policymakers and, and those who carry the purse strings to kind of get fired up again. <laughs> Because, because we need them to. And, and so I, I don't think Al from VA is off point at all here, um, you know, when, when he's talking about it, because it, it's it, the only way that Hawaii finds its way up the ladder or even probably staying on the same rung in the ladder without falling down, you know, quite a bit is investment. Like that's the only way it's, that's yeah. gotta be right. We, last week we were, we were gushing about these three kids from Bishop Gorman who's coming who are coming to the University of Hawaii, who offer their commitment. Yeah. Uh, one of them's an Under Armour All-American. Getting excited about Hawaii, some of their comments. But would you blame any of these recruits who maybe pause now and say, okay, well, I, I don't know where the are going to fall, right? I don't, I don't know where the cards are going to land because what's it going to look like? These guys are 2023 20, recruits, so they're not even going to be in college until next fall. Yep. And by then, again, right, all these schools are moving in 2024, conference realignment, the playoff, how this all looks, you know, if you, it's hard now, it's just, the job is infinitely more hard for these coaches at the university of Hawaii to sell the program because another aspect of that, right. Is, Hey, look, come play Hawaii, come play at the university of Hawaii this year. We're playing an sec school at home, yeah. Vanderbilt, right. We're going to Michigan. We're going to play in the big house. Yeah. What a great opportunity that is big time. next year. We're going to Nashville. We're going to take you guys to Nashville. We're going to play at Vanderbilt. Stanford's coming to town. Mm -hmm. 2023, they go to Eugene. They play Oregon. Yeah. Right? 2024, Oregon and UCLA in back-to-back -back weeks are supposed to come to Hawaii. Yeah. In the first two weeks of August, 2024. 2025, Stanford 
at Arizona on the schedule. 2026 at Stanford at Arizona State. 2027, home game against UCLA. 2028, road game at UCLA. 2029, home game against Arizona. 2030 at Stanford. 2031 at Oregon. It's kind of ridiculous that these games get scheduled so far out because so much can change. But it's a selling point to recruits, right? Big time. Every game from 2024 on could be gone, right? If, if you're creating these 16, 18, 20, 24 team conferences, those are more conference games. You're not going to go schedule lowly Hawaii or lowly Boise State or something like that to fill out your schedule because now all of a sudden you're playing 10 conference games, 12 conference games. I don't know, right? If you're in that big of a conference, why would you go play elsewhere? Keep the money in-house, right? Yeah. More difficult schedule, no doubt about it, but that's kind of what they're setting up. And so they've, they're going to get oodles of money. They can buy their way out of these contracts. They can pay a million dollars or whatever it is to cancel these games down the road. There's probably some clauses in here. I don't know what the contract language is, but they can maybe get their way out if, you know, conference changes or something like that, right? There, there's all these things written in there. And so all of these games against Power 5 opponents and outside of Vanderbilt, all of them against Pac-12 opponents. That's the schedule for Hawaii coming up, right? And then you got your, your FCS schools, Duquesne, Albany, Portland State on the horizon. Some other schools coming up, right? We mentioned Sam Houston signing a home and a home with them a few years down the line. Those are selling points for these programs. Look, we're going to play a good, good schedule. We're going to play competitive games in conference, but we're also going to go play in back 12 backyards. We're going to go play in Michigan. We're going to go play in Nashville, you know, Ann Arbor, SEC country. I don't know if any of that, I don't know if any of that exists down the road, right? And if, if you're a recruit, you got to at least wait and see. I'm not saying don't come to Hawaii. I think it's still an awesome opportunity. You're going to be put in great situations. Uh, for this coaching staff, but it, it, the job is just that much harder now with all this unknown. And so beyond the hypothesizing of where schools are going to end up, what conferences are going to look like, the tangible aspect of this is the, the upcoming schedule, all of these games that were signed on for future years in doubt. Now it's all in doubt. Who knows? Who knows what it's going to look like, especially for UCLA, right? Hawaii's scheduled to play them what four times over the next eight years. Yeah. That's a, that's a big 10 school now, <laughs> you know? So, so well, well, maybe not now, but in two years, there'll be a big yeah. 10 school. So yeah, I, I have no idea. I have no idea what these games are going to look like. I have no idea what schedules are going to look like. Are, are these schools even going to want to play non power five opponents or power two opponents or whatever yeah, down the road? I don't know. Hard to say. I know. And, you know, I think what happened, I think this is a nice little transition for us, Jordan, with what happened with, um, Mason Mu'au, um, the receiver from St. Louis. I think we're going to continue to see a little bit of that. Just that's kind of in the water with um, uh, the new uh, college football recruits and just that generation um, where, you know, I, I'd like to take this platform for those listening, uh, whether you're a father, an uncle, an auntie, and you've got the ability to speak into uh, in our, in our case, young men's life making decisions. I'm a big believer. Let your yes be yes. And your no be no. Um, we, you know, with, with those guys that are still playing at uh, Bishop Gorman over in Vegas, they've got a whole nother year in front of them. I think you brought up a great point, Jordan. Um, there, there is no rush in making a decision. I know it can kind of feel like it is. There's all this pressure. Take a deep breath enjoy your last year of high school and really think about all of this because it's kind of a bummer, man. When you say you're going to come to play for Hawaii and then not what a month later, no, I'm going to Colorado state. It's kind of like, come on, bro. Like, all right. I know you, you got to make a decision that's best for you, but be about that action, man. You know, like let your yes be yes. Your no be no that I just wanted to kind of sound off on that for a second, Jordan. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a, an uneasy process, right? And, and sometimes, you know, kids are, I think, pressured, not, not saying, you know, in the case of Mason Mua, but maybe feel pressured to, to offer up a commitment because you want to take what you can get early on, right, and, and say it's a school that was first to the table. Yeah. Um, and all of a sudden, you know, that draws in the attention of other schools that come in, that offer you a package, 
you know, that, that, that makes more sense for you or your family. Now you've kind of, you've, you've kind of painted yourself in an awkward position. Right. And, and it, it's tough for these young guys, how to, how to navigate those waters, I think, and, and um, trying to figure out how best to, to play the recruiting process when, you know, especially for some of these guys that don't have everybody coming and knocking on their door. Right. You don't know if that first offer is going to be the only one you don't want it to go away at some point. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's uneasy, right? Because even for, for some of these coaching staffs, right, they can, they can make you the verbal offer and say, Hey, we'd like to offer you a scholarship. And again, this isn't a, a veiled comment on the university of Hawaii or, or, yeah. or Muau or anything like that. This is just kind of the, the, the way the game works. Right. But, but if, you know, some of your higher desired recruits and all of a sudden you don't have scholarships, well, then you, you got to pull it. Right. And then, and then, so you're, you're, it's, it's a, it's an icky situation. And so, you know, kind of bringing it back home, right. The Mason Moore, the wide receiver from St. Louis, who was one of the, um, the three kids along with Josiah Timoteo and John Kiave Sangopolotele Timoteo, the offensive lineman from YNI Sangopolotele over the same weekend, not that long ago, I think it was basically a month ago um, that offered their commitment to the university of Hawaii verbal commitment. Yeah. But Mason Mual just recently on Twitter, you know, saying that, that he's going with Colorado state now. It's kind of interesting because that's where some of the Hawaii staff came from, right. With, with Timmy Chang. And I know they weren't there very long, obviously. Um, with Jane Orville before, before Timmy got the Hawaii job. So that's kind of interesting. That'll make for some interesting uh, recruiting road banter, I think for, oh, yeah. for those coaching staffs, no doubt about it. And, and you know, for these guys, and, and I hope it works out for Mason, wherever he decides to end up, I I'm going to guess that, you know, even the Hawaii coaches, they're not going to give up necessarily on the recruitment just yet. Right. They'll be at St. Louis games. They'll be at St. Louis practices. There's opportunity for these guys to change their mind, but it's, yeah, it's, it's one of those things like, man, you, you know, it's how, how strong is, is, a, is a verbal commitment. Um, yeah. It's often pretty flimsy, just the way that things go. Right. And, and even these guys that are 16, 17 years old, right. They, they, they'll change their mind a few times throughout the process. They'll mature differently. Right. It'll, they'll value different things and prioritize different things. that maybe make, didn't make sense when they, they offered up an initial commitment. So, so we'll see, we'll see what happens with Moal and, and, and where he ultimately ends up, whether it's at Colorado state, whether he decides to, to stick home or whatnot. And, and, you know, maybe Don't it's a girl you love her until you really know you love her. Okay. Always a, uh, always a good, uh, I think philosophy to live by there. Yeah. And you've seen it, right. Even some of these other kids, um, they'll, they'll go away. They'll, they'll, they'll give it an opportunity. They'll give it a shot at some of these mainland opportunities. And then sometimes they end up back home anyway, um, mm -hmm. down the road. And so you never want to, kind of slam the door shut on anything like that. Um, speaking of commitments, Francis Mawingoa, the, the young man from American Samoa, plays now high school football at IMG in Bradenton, Florida. Number one offensive tackle in the country, number five recruit. Um, made his commitment, I, I think it was on the 4th of July, either then or, or Monday, on, on national television, CBS Sports Network. And there it was. He had the, he had the hats out. Miami, Alabama, SC, Oregon, Hawaii. There was the H on the table which is still just mind-blowing you see the picture watch the watch the the clip and whatnot it's like that, yeah that 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 it was on the table it was on the table he did not commit to hawaii had he committed to hawaii that would have led the pot um even with all the other news he committed to miami built a relationship with mario cristobal when he was over at oregon cristobal now at miami it's close to where his family now resides in florida at least his immediate family it made all the sense in the world but again the fact that Hawaii was on the table. Um, what percentage? Probably pretty slim. But of all the schools in the country, they were one of the six that had their hat on the table, which is kind of a big deal. Again, in those we can compete. You know, and that's the thing. It's like, man, it, with the current landscape, and I get it. That's like saying, you know, the weather in the Midwest sometimes it, it can change in the blink of an eye. But with the current landscape, Hawaii, what the coaching staff has done, I think they've carved out a nice little niche, got the attention at the very least to some of these recruits, especially some of these recruits of Polynesian That's descent. Right. Yep. And you think you're playing right by one set of rules, right? The, 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 the pieces on the game board are one way. And now with the massive news of USC and UCLA, that game board looks completely different. Um, and, and how they navigate that is going to be, you know, kind of the viability of the program going forward. So yeah, no, no Francis Mawingoa coming, but Hey, maybe it doesn't work out at Miami. 
And he's like, yeah, maybe transfer portal time. We can only hope. Now I hope it. I hope it works out for him. He's he's a guy that's like projected to be a first round draft pick. Yeah, yeah, like he's 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 the real deal. So uh, we'll see how it works out there for him. But uh, yeah, some uh, mixed bag, I guess, recruiting news for Hawaii. Yeah. I don't think anybody realistically thought we'd get Maui Goa, but uh, if indeed Mason Mual is switching his commitment, that uh, you know, bit of a bummer, I think, for Hawaii football fans. But again, still early. These guys have a ton of time before they could sign in December. Uh, and how their season he could blow up he could be you know on his way to usc by the time his career is done or something like that so mm-hmm. it could change all over the place but uh yeah some of the the recruiting news there one other tidbit here as we kind of near the end of the episode uh brian smith former university of hawaii co-offensive coordinator former center um you know obviously went up with nick rolovich to washington state he has been named the pass game coordinator for ohio university that's mm-hmm. the bobcats down in athens uh frank solich no longer the coach there um different different regime it is a much different look there but uh, in the mac uh so good for uh good for schmitty uh nice landing spot there for him after you know trying to find a home following all that unraveled at washington state so uh a couple of tidbits there on the recruiting trail as well as uh, some hawaii alums yeah oh big time and uh all all the best to coach uh coach schmitty over at uh um ohio uh, much different than sunny Hawaii. Uh, I can tell you that much right now, but uh, yeah, uh, former coach of mine, all the best uh, to him. And uh, yeah, it's um, new landscape, Jordan landscapes left and right with college football. It could change by the time we record next week's episode. It could change by the time they, uh, we release this episode. Who knows? Let's hope not because then we don't want to circus commences again. Oh man. And it is, it just, it just bummed me out last week. It really did getting the news it's like wow you get over the initial shock of it all i really thought it was like a fake tweet that everybody was reacting to you know one of those fake accounts it's like it's not uh stephen a smith but it's like stephen a smith with a v instead of a ph and they're like oh my god he said this it's like that's a fake account um wasn't a fake account uh and and the 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 seismic ramifications of all of this that just are going to reverberate all the way down to the to all levels of college sports um looks kind of bleak for some uncertain for others like a lot of the conversations we're having for the university of hawaii like oregon is having because they don't know where they're going yet either washington look they're in much better shape obviously to find a home i get that but there are (laughs) it's it's as uncertain for for some of those other programs as well you know this isn't just hawaii you know a, a boise state a san diego state same thing like you know, they, they, they maybe are better positioned than Hawaii to, to find a, a, um, an emergency hatch. But a lot of these same conversations going on at higher levels of collegiate athletics than just the University of Hawaii. So, yeah, I don't know. Any final thoughts, Hunter, before we kind of wrap this thing up and uh, head on with the rest of the week? Yeah, uh, just really quick. When, when you think about the, the Big 12 in the past, I like to think about bargaining chips. And at least for the Pac-12, the biggest one besides Oregon, in my opinion, was USC, was the draw of, of LA, mm-hmm. everything they bring. Will Ferrell's at all their practices, Snoop Dogg's right there too. <laughs> I mean, it's one of the biggest marketing pieces of the Pac-12. And then you look over at the Big 12, in terms of dominance, Oklahoma and Texas own the Big 12 in terms of football, really for other than the past couple of years with Baylor making an appearance and little things like that. It's been owned by those schools. And so you kind of have two conferences without Kings now where, I don't know, it, it almost seems logical that they could form the next big super conference and there'd be three. Um, it's kind of just what I see as logical right now. And again, I don't know what that looks like, but, or if that's even going to happen, but uh, yeah, man, we'll uh, for all those listening at home, we will be the the first ones to talk about conference shifting. Cause obviously Jordan and I can talk for hours on it. Yeah. We could, we could go for a while and I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll have more to talk about next week as well. Yeah. It's, uh, and just one last thing on that. It's funny because you talk about them being kind of Kings of their conferences. I would agree. They are now, kind of giving that up like they're they're going into somebody else's kingdom big time and i don't think i don't think they're necessarily going to be top dog right away especially in the sec 
with those two. USC football-wise, going to be really interesting to see how they fit into the Big Ten. UCLA, they're, they're there because they're in Los Angeles. Uh, but that'll, that'll kind of be there. Uh, just on the overtime, just want to give a big mahalo to uh, some of the uh, folks that I've you know heard from that, that listened to the pod, some of the folks that commented. Nolan yeah. Leonard, uh, the champ show, just uh, offering uh, a little... Uh, Dr. Suyama. Yeah. Yeah. You know, offering a little aloha. So uh, we, we appreciate you all. We appreciate everybody tuning in. Uh, kind of rambled a bit on this episode. There are so many things that, uh, you know, kind of flooded the mind and wanted to get to organize some of those thoughts. But uh, I'm sure we'll think of some other things when it comes to conference realignment that we'll get to next week. Who knows what the future will hold? But we do know Vanderbilt's still coming this year, at least. We, we, are, uh, we are hopeful of that to get the season started in less than, you know, nearing 50 days now up mm-hmm. until up until August that's next month away takes the field. So it's going to be a really, really interesting landscape hunter. Uh, always appreciate you, my man, always fun talking story. Uh, we could wrap for hours, but then that would just mean more work for Jaron. That's uh, right. Our producer. So we're not going to do that. Shit, we'll, save, we'll save some of those conversations for next week as well. All right. That'll do it for us here on episode 45 of Hawaii football. Now presented by Xanthison, shout out as well to Spectrum Mobile and Hawaii USA Federal Credit Union. Feel free to drop us a line on any of our platforms, and we'll see you next week, everybody. Aloha. You've been listening to Hawaii Football Now with Jordan Helley and Hunter Hughes, all from ESPN Honolulu.